Hey guys, welcome back to the Level Up Experience. This is episode number 20. Today's guest is Erin Ashley Simon. She's a multimedia personality, host, producer, and consultant in the esports and gaming industries. Her vast knowledge and creative mindset has led her to be tapped by well-known brands and organizations such as AT&T, Gen.G, Wall Street Journal, University of Kentucky, Revolt Media and TV, Cycle Media, and was a host with Cheddar Esports. We discuss how her career in media brought her into the world of esports, plus field live questions on the LinkedIn Live and YouTube stream. Thank you all for being here. And could you tell a little bit about, uh, just to give you about a minute as things get rolling here and we'll get started. Oh man. Okay. So about me, um, I got to condense this as much as possible because I've been doing media work for about 10 years. I started when I was about 16, 17 years old. Uh, so I started out my career with my own blog. It's called box of mess and uh mess was standing for music entertainment sports and style because that was just something that i wanted to build out and it was actually during the quote-unquote golden era of blogging and during that point i started interviewing um bas uh, high school basketball players in aau and eventually because you know i think you know granted i was a, i was a young girl and i was around the same age as the players and so that helped in the sense of them um trusting me and so i got information pertaining to what colleges they're interested in signing to and just more. And so that blog really blew up to the point where people from ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS Sports were, were taking a look at it. And that was the beginning of my media and journalism experience. And from there, it continued on. You know, I eventually went on to the University of Kentucky and played soccer there. But then during offseason, I would work with UK Athletics for uh, the con their content and also just covering sports there. I worked actually for their first ESPN practice live stream, I believe it was in 2012. And then, you know, it it, it just kind of went from there. Um, I, I did work for uh, my my um, one of my mentors, the co-founder of Dime Magazine. Um, I worked on the marketing side with him and event management and coordination. And then went on to the Wall Street Journal, did stuff for Dow, internships at Dow Jones, uh, worked for even the local newspaper in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, been everywhere, honestly. Also, have 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 done some stuff and, and and helped some friends in terms of just content development for different companies, and then you know even for friends who work at some of the biggest media companies as well. And um, I've been able to build my own lane, which led me to esports. Uh, it's funny though because when people ask me, "How'd you get into esports? How'd you get to this point?" It just happened, to be honest. I've always been a gamer. And uh, in 2018, I got laid off from a job and I had hip surgery. And for the first six months, I just focused in on healing. And after that, I was like, what do I want to do? Right. I wanted to be in a position where I felt like I could provide more value. I didn't want to be entirely behind the scenes anymore because I felt like I was giving way more to companies than they were giving to me. And so I was like, OK, what can I do to build my brand and to and to build something that I want to do? Um, and to help build a community uh, when I felt like I was building so much for so many different companies and I, you know, business is business at the end of the day. And I just felt like they just weren't, they didn't care about me. Right. So I started doing work for this company called the shadow league. Uh, my friend, Kyle Harvey, he's the one that uh, ushered me and pushed me towards covering uh, esports from a media perspective. You know, I watched a little bit of esports. I, I play video games all the time. And so I started doing some stuff for the NBA 2K league. And uh, from there, that's my transition from being a print and digital journalist all the way over to being a broadcaster, anchor and host. Uh, the transition was a little bit easier because I, I've one, I, I've been a producer behind the scenes Two, um, I started feeling more comfortable in front of the pod in front of a camera because of a podcast I have called Grassroots Podcast. And uh, eventually it got me here. And now, you know, esports, I'm engaging and communicating and covering all facets of the esports industry. And as I'm covering it, I'm learning more and more and more. And it's been about almost two years, two and a half years, almost close to three years since I've been in. So it's been quite a journey. I try to condense that as much as possible. I mean, 10 years in just that amount of time, oof, that's a lot. <laughs> Was there like one moment that that's that, that stuck out? It's like, all right, I'm going into esports because I know you mentioned it was kind of, uh, I don't know, could you go into that a little bit as far as like when that inflection point was for you or when you realized, oh wow, I'm in esports? Like when you start saying that's what I'm doing. 
Um, I think that started when people started asking me, like, so what exactly do you do in your job and what is esports, right? Because I have a lot of friends who are from traditional media, from traditional sports that don't quite understand this space, right? And they don't understand even the the different nuances between esports and gaming. Some people feel like it's all the same thing. And, it, and even though esports is under the gaming umbrella, it's not necessarily the same. And so when I've been having these conversations, I was like, wow, I'm in I'm in a sector, um, I'm in esports, I'm in a sector that other people are, are trying to learn about. And then I started getting people from like record labels and professional athletes like hitting me up because they want to, you know, they want to learn more, want to be part of, of this world, or they wanted to go into our esports. And just seeing all that happen, it made I was like, wow, one, it's really cool that I have a career and, and job within this space. And then two, I have my own niche, right? Of course, there's experts, there are pastors, there are stuff like that. But for me to see that 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 there's this void or this lane that sports and gaming, um, that's when I also started realizing where I could fit in and, and how I could be, whether it's from a storytelling perspective, interviewing, or just accountability, or even the culture component. So during those conversations when I realized like, wow, I have a job in esports and gaming. Like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> but right, and it wasn't like an overnight thing. Like you said, it was kind of a process. Um, and it, it wasn't that, that one moment you're like, oh, wow, I've, I've changed. It, it was more of like, uh, you know, uh, that process that you went through. I think it's really, I think it's really cool to kind of go through that because you kind of, you kind of do a reflection. You're like, well, when did it really happen? It's like, well, I really don't know. <laughs> so I think, I think a lot of us, I love hearing the stories of, and again, I don't know if traditional is the right word to say, but like a, a traditional industry or, or some people change, changing from one industry into esports and kind of how that worked and how everyone's story is a little bit different because you see it across a number of different industries. So I think, I think that's, I think it's really cool. Um, I did want to, I did want to uh, kind of transition a little bit. So you're a content creator um, and, and you have really kind of went all in on your Twitch stream uh, lately. Uh, and I went back and actually watched your stream. I went back and watched your highlight video of that, of that con head shot the other day, which was pretty nasty. <laughs> we talked about those. So, I guess talk about the uh, the streaming side of things as you've really dove into that and the start to upgrade kind of what you're doing there. Yeah. So um, even before everything went down, the coronavirus, I wanted to start getting into streaming because obviously one that is uh, one avenue in terms of developing content. And um, with that, though, right, you know, it all comes down to what makes you different from everyone else. And of course, the relationships that I have is one component. But then I felt like just me, myself, I, I wanted to create a Twitch stream that people can come in no matter how they're feeling that day, that they're going to come in. They're going to have fun, uh, be around positivity, be around good people that I'm bringing on the stream. Um, and especially now, you know, my, my, my focus right now are, are, are a few things, right? My, my focus is creating the content that's going to help to continue to inform people, whether it's in esports or outside of esports or in gaming or just anything like that. Another avenue is to help people feel entertained, to feel, to uplift them, right? And, and with my Twitch stream, I always try to do that. I always try to make it funny. I, my, my friends are funny themselves. And I wanted to open also my world up because when I game my friends, that's a different side of myself that most people don't see. When people see, Aaron Ashley Simon, especially on Twitter Eastwards, they see someone who's polished and professional. And even though I'm still professional, um, during my Twitch streams, I, I, I'm, I'm more of like the off-camera Aaron, the 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 friend Aaron, right? And, and as I'm playing and being and being friendly and, and being friends with my friends via the Twitch stream, it's also allowing people to connect with me, and I'm able to connect with them on a different level. And I wanted that, um, and I felt like you know. The, what I can bring in terms of this time, uh, it, especially with a Twitch stream, would be phenomenal. And also, it's it's a definitely outlet for me too. You know, I another thing too that I always talk about is mental health, right? And as someone like myself, I've always been someone that's been very vocal about the fact that I deal with anxiety, and that's been something that I've been dealing with my entire life, and and it's something that runs in my family. And so, gaming and and doing these streams is also an outlet for myself because. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm doing work. I'm finding work. Um, I'm I'm just like everyone else. I'm I'm keeping myself afloat right now and doing a lot of content. 
And during that time, it's a time for me to just forget about all that stuff and just have fun and game. Now, I may not be the best Call of Duty player, <laughs> but when you go to my Twitch stream, you will be entertained. And it's just a fun time. And so it's not just about, for me, it's not just about um, creating content, right? Of course, that's that's an important component, but for my Twitch specifically, it's meant for it to be in a, a, a little bit of an escape in the sense of like, whether you're stressed about something earlier today or whether you know you're having a bad day, no matter what, I want you to come to my Twitch stream and I want you to have fun. And I know it's an outlet for me and I'm gonna have fun. And so that's why I made the Twitch and it's been growing tremendously. Like within, I guess I've been streaming for just like about a week, a week and some change. And I already obtained over a hundred new followers and I want to continue to build and continue add on to it. I even bought, uh, I even bought additional equipment so that my streams could be better. Cause I feel like this is something that I can continue doing even when things start to settle and we don't even know when things are going to settle. So that's why I started the stream, con uh, the Twitch content, the streaming content, because I just wanted to be something that can help people. And, and as it's helping me too. Well, and you just, you just look at what the coronavirus has done as far as it's taken away a lot of the recreational things that people have done with that, with that community. So for example, so um, like I do work with a wrestling team locally and work in the wrestling space, you know, it's taking that away. You, you can't go to wrestling practices right now. That's just uh, yeah. obviously that can't happen. So I tell you, and, and a lot of, um, you know, you, people use sports uh, in the traditional side of things, right? So traditional sports as, as outlets, like you said, but now those outlets have been taken away because literally because of social distancing. Right. And it's obviously a very serious thing and everybody needs to comply to that. So where do you turn? And a lot of those questions, you know, that questions of where do you turn is being asked on a number of different levels um, from the personal level, but also on, on the business level, you know, where, 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 where engagement, where does it go? Uh, how do we, how do you make community right now uh, when all of these things have been kind of stripped away? So, and it's, it's really also, it's great that you mentioned mental health as well, um, because it, like you said, it is about creating content on one side, but it's the other side of, of, of interacting with people and, mm -hmm. and, and continuing that community. And I just love the, the aspect of mainstream being able to see content creation, maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time someone has went on Twitch and YouTube and actually searched for a stream, or maybe this is the first time they actually watched NASCAR. We talk about this in just a minute, watch NASCAR on YouTube with the eNASCAR series and Formula One, what they've done the last two weeks, or yeah. NBA 2K, what they've done with the integration with the NBA over the last two weeks. So it, I really like what's happening as far as the community aspect of things and us being able to come together virtually and help us help each other through this process. Um, you, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was saying, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been tremendous just to see how people have been transitioning. Um, Omri, what's going on? So Omri has a quick question for you. We'll, we'll throw this in here. Uh, Aaron recently released a short clip about how people should go about getting involved in the esports scene and make specific reference to being down with the crew. Who is the crew and what does that entail exactly? Okay. So when I say being down with the crew, I mean being down with those who have been at the forefront, who have been a part of the individual communities, right? So, okay. This is how we break it down. Esports is very similar to how traditional sports is, right? The same way that traditional sports, you have the NFL, you have the NBA, you have uh, MLB. Esports the same way. You have CSGO, you have Call of Duty, you have all these different competitive scenes. And then even if you want to break it or, or even add more to it, you know, each game has its own communities, right? Even, even Animal Crossing right now has an avid community right now. And so the thing with this, though, is the, the, the gaming and esports community are very open to people joining, but it's all about joining with good intentions. Right now, everyone is trying to use esports and gaming as for content purposes, for revenue generating uh, generation purposes, because it's one of the very few things that people can do remotely from home. But the thing is, is like, think about it. Some of these people have been um, building these communities for a very long time. Gamers have been chastised for being gaming. Once upon a time, not too long ago, honestly, I would say even like maybe five, eight years ago, if you said that you were a gamer, people called you a nerd and all this stuff. And so the community is very protective of what they've been building and they've been building it to where it is now. So when I say being down with the crew, I mean, don't just get into esports and gaming and just not include some of the people in the communities, not, you know, 
respectively um, communicating with those in the community. Like, don't just take it and run because you want to create content or you want to do X, Y, and Z. Really make sure that you are keeping those in the community in mind, whether it's via content, whether it is via um, just getting certain people involved. And that's what I mean by that. Um, people in the esports community, they're like I said, they're very open to helping and educating. You know, as I entered into the space and I started going to a lot of events and everything like that, uh, when I had questions, I had several amazing people that took the time to answer. Um, take this time to watch competitive esports right now. Um, there's several that are going on. Um, take this time to uh, do your research to understand the history, right? Um, there are certain documentaries, especially that come out um, pertaining to like why the FGC is not considered a quote unquote tier one esports, or what was the uh, talk about the history of CS:GO. Talk, uh, there's videos that actually talk about how Halo uh, competitive esports declined and what happened. There's actually videos out there that discuss all these things, and so. It's so important to make sure that you're taking the time to do the research yourself and that you're watching all the content uh, before you go and, and ask people questions. But then also keep these people in mind when you're doing these content, right? The same way that everyone else has, um, you know, been impacted, whether it's job or financially. If there's a way that you can bring someone from the esports and gaming community into what you're doing, I, I highly suggest that. Um, and then another thing too is. Please, please do not use this time to hit up people in esports and ask them to and say that you want to pick their brain. Do not do that, please. Uh, find a way to collab with these people, especially like a lot of people in the event space have lost jobs. A lot of freelancers have lost jobs. So when I'm saying being down with the crew, find ways to work with these people and not just take information from them and run with it or just take it upon your own hands and, and create these these live streams or traditional sports crossover to esports without having anyone in the community involved. And so that's what I mean. Um, because we even though like everyone's welcome welcoming in the esports community, we gotta still protect everything that was being built from people who've been building it for a long time. So that's what I mean. No, and a good point about collaboration. We've talked about that a lot. This is this is the time more than ever to collaborate with one yeah. another. Whether it's whether it's a couple startups in the space or in, in, on the individual basis, whatever that this is the time. That's really, in my opinion, the only way uh, you're going to make it out of this. In my opinion, in some cases where you're having to strategically partner with another entity or another person to make that content and to and to get into uh, look at kind of keep everything together, I guess, because it's yeah. very. I mean, overnight everything's fragmented. That's how we pull things back together is through like strategic alliances. Um, so yeah, no, I appreciate you appreciate you answering that uh, in, in your way. Um, and also, Aubrey, what I'm saying, my way, <laughs> in a very blunt and honest way. <laughs> but we all have we all have our perspectives. We have yeah. all we all have different perspectives, right? So we we look at things. We look. This is how it is. This is how we feel. So like I, I told before we jumped on here, talking about my brother. He's been involved in the Smash space for six, seven years. I mean, in the competitive scene. So that, and you talk about tight knit community. I, I think well, I, sometimes you're biased because you know different communities and whatnot. But the Smash space is ultra, ultra tight, ultra yeah. tight. I mean, you're talking de you're talking two decades. You know, there's some esports scenes that have been around for two decades, and you talk about how tight that is, and and it's also cool to see how long they've been around and then they won't go away mm -hmm. when they, when they haven't pos potentially been given the support. You mentioned like FGC, how how. It's under, you know, I'm talking about a ton. People are probably tired of me talking about it, but like how undervalued it is, how overlooked it is, and all that. But now you're starting to see um, that transition, and uh, you're starting to see more concepts around FGC uh, events like the Smash World Tour. It's getting more, it, I don't know, it's just fascinating to me to see those things come to light a little bit better uh, over time. And again, things just take time, uh, but I don't know, I get pretty passionate about that. So, <laughs> same here. So, so is my brother. So, yeah, Amory, uh, yeah, no, no, no problem on that question. It was a really good question. I appreciate it. Uh, so Omri said, I, I completely agree with your point of view, and I definitely experienced loads of that gamer stigma, although not at a competitive level. <laughs> Hashtag FGC forever. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, a couple shout outs. Uh, Marquias coming in from Cali. What's going on? Uh, Erica on YouTube, Erica Ayala, and Mike Kilpatrick on YouTube. How's it going? And OG King Kurt, what's going on? 
On, on oh yeah, OG King Kurt. He is a uh, GM and also uh, for the NBA 2K League. He's part of uh, Next GC. So shout out to him. If anyone is looking to learn about the 2K community and also NBA 2K League, definitely chat with him whenever you can. Yeah. So th thanks for jumping in, guys. That's, that's cool. Yeah. So again, uh, questions. Uh, for us, Th throw them into either YouTube. YouTube is up and LinkedIn is up. So if you have questions, feel free to to do that. Post those in there because this is the time to ask. This time to to kind of go through those to get some answers. Um, I do want to. Oh, real quick. So Juan, what's what's up, Juan? Juan jumped in. <laughs> That's funny. So I'm repping Juan's podcast. This, this is his shirt. He's like, this time I'm catching the shirt live in action. <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up, man? That's uh. Yeah, Juan, what's going on? Lodge's podcast, a little shout out there. Yeah, I love this shirt, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Chris, that's funny, man. All right, so let, let, I want to shift real quick because I think it's extremely valuable. Number yeah. one, pe number one piece of advice from you for con for content creators. Okay, um, that are, that, that's kind of again a lot of people transitioning. That you know, this is where the attention is, right? So people yeah. say, "Well, I'm, I've seen so many people go live on Facebook." I'm like, I didn't know they went live. On Facebook, like so many people. So like getting it from you, from a, an absolute leader when it comes to content creation, in my opinion, yeah. what's your number one piece of advice? Uh, <clears throat> so my number one piece of advice is broken down into um, two avenues, right? So right now, um, one, don't worry so much about the quality. And, and, and when I say quality, right, because quality is subjective because and, and I mean quality by like having a, a high end camera or <clears throat> having your streams be super high end. Like my streams have been so janky in the sense of like you just see a small f a video of me in the corner, but then I'm playing music via my laptop to kind of amp up the the, the my uh, my viewers. And like every time we get a win, I play DMX and like it's just just something fun to to get everyone feeling um, entertained. So don't worry about like, OK, I don't have a great camera. I think right now it's just about putting out content and just not and, and figure out what the value is. Right. The value doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have like a high end camera. The value can just be um, that it's entertaining. Right. That it's informative or uh, um, that it is educational um, or that it is content that's supporting a community. And uh, how this is breaking down is, okay, another thing too is definitely research the concepts of hero, hub, and hygiene content. So what does that mean, right? A lot of people aren't going to be doing hero content necessarily unless they have the appropriate equipment. And this is just basically um, more larger scale, bigger content, um, bigger productions, and etc. Then you have hub content, which is essentially content that you can regularly schedule and push out that is focused towards your prime prospect or your prime audience. Then you have hygiene, which is like content that you can basically uh, 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 rinse and repeat. Right. It's it's content that's very relevant that you can easily just put out easily find on the internet and just constantly just rinse and repeat. Um, so right now, a lot of people are, are looking at hub and they're also looking at hygiene content. So I would say like right now, figure out what your value is, um, figure out what kind of content you want to put on each platform. You have, you obviously can have your main content that you can uh, schedule or clip out to put on every single platform, but Figure out how you can make the experience be different on all your platforms. Don't do, don't do too many things. Maybe do like one or two things that you can have consistently. And then um, for Twitter, though, you can kind of expand it and just start putting out content. I, I think that people are spending way too much time thinking and planning and figuring out like, OK, I got to have it be like this. I got to have this kind of camera. Like, no, you don't. Right now, people aren't expecting you to come in with 4K cameras. You can film with your phone. You can even, if you have a camera, if you don't have a mic, then you can use your phone as the additional audio and edit it and you layer the audio. Like there's different ways that you can put out content. And I think right now, because everyone is stuck at home, everyone's craving content. But it's it's not just about putting out the content creating. It's about figuring out what makes you different when you're putting your content out. If you understand the value that you're providing and how it makes you different from everyone else, that's when then you start just putting content out and just putting it out and putting it out and putting it out 
and then evaluating and adjusting from there. You can't be afraid to film something with your phone and then just put it out or film your phone and then edit it via iMovie or edit it on your, your app. There's really no excuse for why you can't put content out right now, to be honest. Um, so I think that that's the most important thing is just not to be afraid to put it out and just make the adjustments. And then right now, since you're at home, engage, engage, engage with those in the community that you're targeting. If it's esports, engage with them. If it's your own followers, engage with them. If it's your if you're your content, engage with them. You should be engaging just as much as you put your content out because that's how you're going to get people to engage with your content when you release it and share it and, and so forth. And you mentioned it. So another way to frame it is a feedback loop. So you put out content to the market. Guess what? The market will tell you. The market will give you every answer you need. And I think once once people understand that, like, oh, like the answer isn't pre-production. The answer is post-production. Once it's out there, you put your content out there, who you are, you know, who you know, what, what you who you are, literally, who you are, what you enjoy doing, be yourself. The market gives you that data, right? Yep. Now, it, 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 you know, whatever, this, if it's a comment or whatever, that's technically data. So the market's going to give you what you need. And then from there, make adjustments is exactly what you said. So you put yourself out there that will give you the answers. You don't have to internalize something and you wait, wait three months to do something because, oh, I'm going to wait three months before I have all the answers. No, the answers is you doing, then reacting. Mm-hmm. Right? And turn, not, not reacting so much to be fake. I don't mean it that way, but I mean in the sense of your community as you build it will give you what you need. Yeah. The adjustments, reacting and adjusting. That's all. Exactly. So yeah, that feedback loop is, it's, you know, whether on the business side or personal, both ways, it's the same exact thing. So it's something to put, you got to put it out there and then you're going to have the, the, you know, again, on the business side, it's more data, things like that, uh, acquisition and whatnot, mm-hmm. but you need to be able to do that. So, and, and it's also getting over that fear of putting out that first video or that fear of going live for the first time. Cause I do, I do think that's real too. And that's an internal thing of, ooh, I, you know, I'm kind of scared to go live and never done live before or whatever. Then once you've done it, once you just got to do it, it's like, it's like anything else. It's like riding a bike or whatever. You've got to at least just do it. And then from there, you know, it, and be okay with people saying, Oh, that wasn't very good. You know, <laughs> you gotta be okay with that. You know, it's just be yourself. Like yeah. there's sometimes like for me, I, uh, the one thing that I was hesitant about is like, okay, Today, I'm not dolled up. Today, I didn't do my hair. I don't have makeup on. Should I put content out? And I got to the point where I'm like, this is, this is me. Like, if I'm not like this, I gotta. I have a wrap on. I have a bandana. I may have a do-rag on. And what I do is I turn that into a pro. Like, yesterday, I put out content, and I, and I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm Aaron Ashley a.k.a. the Bandana Bandit. And why is that? Because I have short hair people problems during this time. But it's relatable because people who have short hair, like the fact that like I even put out a video showing me cutting my own hair. And then I'm going to have to cut this too because I can't go to a barber or a hairstylist. So it's just like take what you have and just be you. And, and, And sometimes just being you is more than enough for your content. And, and especially if your followers like you, which they should, because if they're following you, they should like you. Um, you may have people following because they're trolls, but that's a whole different story. Uh, but your followers are going to support you no matter what. And if you being yourself and you're just being authentic, it, it's going to resonate with people. And especially if you can find it, it put it in a way where others can relate to it, too. Relatability is, is another important factor when it comes to content you're putting out, too. Right. I like how you said document the journey versus doing the whole journey and then putting something out like put the content is the journey not the end of the journey and then make a big post post production of it it can be but you can document the journey and then at the end have the post production why can't you have both so i think that's something i I really do i think that's a huge unlock to actually document the journey put it out there like people want to see that all the, the end the end result all great with all, all graphics and stuff like that that's not a bad thing but I think it's almost more relatable to be to walk with somebody through that story and that journey and then at the end say you know at the end put the post production out there whatever whatever that looks like and then then they say oh I was part of that journey with them I remember when they were doing that and we did that as a community so and mm-hmm. I don't know just just some ideas kind of throughout there yeah uh, consistency too consistency is a yeah. key thing too. 
Exactly. Uh, and then you get into, you know, streaming at a certain time of the day. Get a we as humans love routine, right? Which, I mean, yeah. ob- obviously the last two weeks has completely blown that up, you know, scheduling and everything else. I mean, everything has, you know, that's one of the things I think we're still recovering from, I think, is just we, we kind of get into a, a routine of what we do and like what I think a lot of people do. Um, but obviously that's completely changed. So uh, I think we're all still in that transition point. So um, Luke, what's up on LinkedIn? Uh, hello, Chris and Aaron. Based on the horizon, your perspective, do you forecast the community continuing the path that is being blazed currently virtually, or will the community gravitate back towards a physical environment for the live completion and audience community experience? What do you think about that, Aaron? Um, <clears throat> it's, I mean, once everything is done, there is going to be that live in-person experience. Um, the same way that for, for every industry, right, there needs to be that live uh, face-to-face activations uh, because uh, you can't have every, I mean, right now we are having everything virtually, but uh, having that live in-person activations actually creates a lot more opportunities for a person-to-person engagement, not only for people who are involved in the competitive scene, but as well as brands and non, non-endemic brands that are getting involved. Um, so it's going to get back to that point. Any, uh, not anytime soon. Be, uh, I guess, you know, once hopefully we, we get a um, vaccine for the virus um, or the the amount of cases that are there are completely down. I think we're going to get slowly get back into it. It's not going to be like a quick like, oh, let's do this live event right now. It's going to be a slow progression. Um, but uh, we are going to get back into that. I think that there is something that's super value, valuable about having that face-to-face interaction, especially when it comes to a brand perspective, and that's needed, right? And then also, um, fans want to see their favorite players face-to-face. They want to see them on the big stage face-to-face and not just virtually. And so I think what we're going to see right now is – Honestly, the esports and gaming community, what is happening right now, this is something that they've always been doing. I think that the change that we're going to start to see is the perspective and the um, the respect in some capacity of traditional media and traditional um, like sports companies and how they treat esports and gaming. I think because they're technically forced uh, due to the situation that they have to start implementing some of these gaming um, components as content um, that their their fans are now having to look at this content because there's no sports. I think because they are put into this situation, I think the perspective of traditional media and traditional sports when they look at esports and gaming is going to change. I also think that once they go back to normal, my hope is that they're going to continue to build upon this and be like, you know what? Look, the esports and gaming community have kept us afloat. This content has kept us afloat. How can we continue doing this? So I think that that's what's going to happen. Um, esports and gaming, is it's going to be the same. I mean, I, I think that, you know, obviously we're seeing more of the online competitive aspect. We're seeing um, how they are adjusting to broadcast. Uh, but it's, it's not as big of a transition for this community because this is something that this community has been doing in some capacity. I think that we're going to see a lot more changes in other industries in terms of how they are implementing the virtual content component and the, especially when it comes to esports and gaming um, moving forward because they can't just jump right back into their season. They're not going to be able to jump right back into, okay, now tomorrow we're going to start the NBA again. Like, no, they got to set everything up before they can jump back in. So they may find ways to start integrating that content more even during the season because everything's not going to be perfect. So I think that's what we're going to see moving forward um, once things start coming um, back to life, essentially. Adam jumped into LinkedIn. What's up, everyone? Keep up the great work. Esports is thriving right now. Uh, The gaming community is the most influential. Leverage it right now. Philly is uniting and it's awesome. Um, but like, I think you said, I think the word stood out to me was being forced to, I mean, literally everything came to a halt on the, on the, on the traditional sports side. So you at least forced to look at it and say, okay, what does this even look like? How can we live in this space? How can we activate this space? Because you have to be asking your questions like that. If I'm a decision maker of one of those teams, you, you have to now, before this happened, I think it was a a one-off. I think it was, okay, this is line item six. Maybe I'm wrong by saying that. I've said it a couple times already, but it's like, you know, okay, we'll get into that later. 
this uh, the streaming stuff. Okay, that's not really our primary thing. But we'll we'll look at that as a diversifier later. I think things were put on the back on the back end of things on uh, the back burner, but now it's obviously at forefront. So you're seeing a lot of these activations. Um, and it, it's really cool. So speaking of that, so some of the can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the content that you're doing over the next few weeks um, yeah. and maybe some of the interviews that you're doing because it's, it has to do with the same topic. Yeah, of course. Um, so I have a few interviews set up. Um, you know, even though Cheddar Esports is not live right now, I'm still going to be continuing to do interviews with people in the industry because I feel like it's so important for people to hear what's going on, get the appropriate information. Um, and then also, um, it's my responsibility as a journalist to ask the hard questions to those that are now implementing esports and gaming content um, within their uh, rollout. So uh, one of the interviews that I have coming up, um, I have an interview uh, with a um, Darren Yan from FaZe Clan, the head of talent, to discuss the charity streams that they're doing and uh, what they're seeing in terms of uh, the engagement from their fan base. Um, what was the process of putting together? What was the process of getting all of the celebrities involved in the charity stream? Have they seen um, growth in terms of the amount of money and what do they see? Uh, how do they see this being um, a, a crucial thing that the esports and gaming, esports and gaming community can use to help with the current situation that we're in. I mean, we've seen it before with streams in, ter in terms of this, um, in terms of esports orgs and, and and players and teams doing charity streams. Like the gaming community and the esports community to do some of the best charity growth initiatives in terms of raising money. Um, so I'm curious to see like how frequently are they gonna be doing this? How much money uh, have they been raising so far? How that money's being allocated and just some other information, right? So that's one thing. Um, another person that I have is an executive from NASCAR uh, to discuss essentially uh, what they're doing right now. How has the transition been, especially bringing their pro racers in? Um, also discussing some of the the downside feedback that people have been having in terms of this and just, you know, really asking those hard questions about, you know, what are you guys going to be doing more to implement more of the iRacing and virtual racing uh, uh, gamers into this? Um, I'm going to be talking to Scott Warfield about that um, later on today. And that's actually going to be dropping. That interview is going to be dropping later today. Uh, I also have a, another interview coming up with uh, Skylar Johnson. Skylar Johnson, he's founder of Envy. He's also co-founder of Drink control. Um, and so with him, I'm going to be talking and, and getting information in terms of um, how can you, uh, what can you do now to build a company? What can you do now to build a brand, especially like whether it's an esports team or, you know, even with the, the product they have with, with control um, uh, and, and it's drinkcontrol.com. My, excuse me, it's control, but drinkcontrol.com. So those are some of the interviews that I have, but I'm going to have a lot more interviews moving forward. Like I've been reaching out to um, executives from different esports orgs um, and just different companies uh, just to see how everyone's transitioning right now. So a lot of those interviews are going to be dropping and I'm dropping those interviews on eFuse as well as my own social media platforms. I'm um, going to be doing more content with other companies as well. Uh, but I think it's so important that, you know, obviously we, one, we keep uh, well informed about what's going on with the coronavirus in general, but then also we keep well informed in terms of how the industry is right now, how it's standing, where there are areas of opportunities, where there are areas of improvement. So I'll be doing all those interviews. I'm, I'm, I'm working on trying to drop at least like three to four interviews per week, maybe more. We'll see. But that's my goal. Awesome. Thanks for going. Thanks for going through all that. Um, and so one of the, so I think actually next week I'm interviewing Veloce Esports uh, involved in F1 and what they've done and some of the, just the incredible numbers that's happened. And mm -hmm. what I just, what I just love is that, you know, they got, so essentially that the week, two weeks ago, when, when, when the NBA suspended their season was the start, that was the first. And then it kind of obviously, uh, you know, went from there uh, the next couple of days. So once uh, for this example, um, within a couple, like 48 hours, they decided to take the Australian Grand Prix and make it and make it on a on a simulation and do it over on Twitch. Like they did within a couple of days. They didn't take a month, a year. I mean, they were like, all right, this is what we're gonna do, and they did it and they executed and they and they had they were the number one Twitch stream on all of Twitch on Sunday, two Sundays ago. The number not not top 20. They were the number one Twitch stream in an event 
that wasn't going to happen in that way three days ago. Like that's incredible. That's powerful. But that's someone. But that's but that's decision makers that make the shift, right? Yeah. And, and that say we're not going to wait. I don't know. And I get <laughs> I get really pumped up about this stuff. It's like you make the decision. Like all right, this happened. This physical event can't happen. What can we do? Not oh wait, we're just it's over. We can't do anything about it. You know there are, there are other options out there. So it's really cool that that you're going through that. And I can't wait to see that content and some of those interviews because you're seeing live like the last two weeks how companies companies are reacting so yeah. how, how, how associations are are reacting so uh it's gonna be really cool to see all that uh all right a couple things linkedin luke how's it going thank you both for the commentary on the question very insightful and helpful luke thanks for being here appreciate it uh chris kissack what's up uh off topic question guys to keep things light and positive when lockdowns are lifted uh virus defeated and you guys can venture out back into the world what are some of the first things you would do? Hmm. The first thing that I would do. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm a mass. I'm a massive foodie. Um, I'm going to be going to as many restaurants as possible, and I'm going to eat out. Uh, one because it's going to help the restaurants, uh, but two because oh my gosh, I love food so much, especially dessert. If I can get a nice ice cream sundae, oh, a girl is happy over here. Uh, another thing too is when it gets warmer, I want to go to the beach. Um, that's another thing that I want to do. Uh, literally I'm probably going to be going out every single day, even after work or even before work in the great, in the great words of one of our craziest memers, uh, catch me outside. Cause that's all I'm going to be doing. Um, that's all I'm going to be doing is just being outside. But those are some of the things that I want to do It's eat a lot of food outside and help support some of the restaurants go to the beach. And then I'm also going to be spending time with friends. I'm literally going to be scheduling as many link ups as possible with friends um, because we're definitely going to have to emotionally uh, support one another even after. Um, so any way that we can make it fun. And another thing too is um, I'm going to work with 368 um, grassroots and some few other people to put on another gaming event in New York City as soon as we can, uh, just so we can have the community come out and game again and just enjoy each other's company. I like that. It's funny. All the financial projections obviously say like GDP is going to skyrocket once we all get back into it. So it sounds like Aaron's going to uh, contribute to the GDP, <laughs> which it gets out there and uh, goes to restaurants. But I'll be joining you as well. So I love going out to eat. But it's, it, you know, it's funny. It's just things you don't even think about. But it's like those have been taken away. Those experiences, those physical experiences have been taken away. And it's not like everyone's going to stop doing that again or it's not going to happen again. It's definitely going to happen again. Um, but it's been very eye-opening the last couple of weeks, like how things change so quickly. Uh, so, Chris, that's a great question. So, I'll throw it back at you, Chris. What, what what will you do? What will you do, Chris? Go ahead and put that in the comments. So, I'd like to like to, anybody else that wants to answer that question. What do, what would you do first? So, yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to that. Um, Michael actually has a good question uh, because we're going to be me and you kind of dabbling in the space next couple of weeks with some of the interviews, but. Um, so Michael's on LinkedIn asking what happens to F1 and eNASCAR Twitch streams once normalcy returns, where do the professional drivers focus their efforts and time? Well, eNASCAR <clears throat> is going to continue because eNASCAR and iRacing was already happening in terms of streams and competitions anyway. Um, I think that obviously all the pro athletes are going to go back to training and focusing on their races. But the smartest thing that they would do is as they are focusing on training to still have their brand be relevant, they should still be involved in NASCAR. And even when later on, when they're done competing, there should still be some component. Because like I said, it's not everything's not going to go back to normal, right? Even like, for example, the NBA players and, and even NFL players, some of them are taking a break from training, right? They're, or, or certain people cannot train. Uh, so they're going to have to go back to training. So during that time, they're going to have to find some ways and some content to still uh, keep those who are NASCAR fans and keep those who are NBA fans still engaged with the uh, traditional sports side. So I would suggest, I don't know what they're going to do, but I would suggest that they still find a way to keep a hold on that and still to be creating content in that space because it doesn't require that physical uh, uh, component uh, or that training component again. So I would hope that they do that. And I hope that they would find ways to integrate 
or at least have, you know, continue to tie the eNASCAR and the racing side to the actual races in, in some shape or form or find a way to even bring some of the pro players on. There have been pro players that are gaming gamers. They've been gaming, um, but we're starting to see a lot other ones who haven't gotten involved in the scene getting involved. So I suggest that they still find a way to integrate it because things aren't going to go back to normal in just a few days. And I even say in a few months. So um, that's, that's my thoughts on that. Well, the market has spoken, as we've seen, it's spoken. There, there is an unbelievable amount of engagement available. So now that they've seen it, it's not, and it's not just someone throwing numbers at somebody either. This is real. Like they felt it like Veloce with that, with that, uh, stream with a with whatever seventy k viewers seventy thousand viewers. I mean the number one Twitch stream on all of Twitch. I think that that just blows. It's it's incredible. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone would have thought that potentially. I mean potentially it could have happened, but it actually happened. It wasn't. Oh, it could happen. We saw it happen. So there, and we go back to telling your story. Tell the stories even in the off season, even when the, the season's over. Guess what? That's still an opportunity to engage with your fans and your followers about, okay, what do drivers do in the off season? Right. And and you can still stay engaged even though you're not competing. And that's just where I go with it. Yeah. I also think this is an opportunity, especially for athletes who typically don't get as much exposure um, compared to some, like for, for people who aren't NASCAR fans. Right. Um, There are a few, uh, I mean, obviously I know, you know, I know some of the NASCAR drivers and some of the others, but there's some that I didn't even really know who they were, but I'm seeing their names frequently, especially when it comes to social media content, because they're doing um, this NASCAR virtual racing. So this is a great opportunity for some of the uh, pro athletes who may not get as much marketing support in traditional sports for them to build their brands. So, for example, right, we see in the NBA, Josh Hart. Josh Hart may not be the most notable NBA player. But because he is uh, at one of the NBA players at the foref- forefront in terms of NBA players transitioning over to esports and gaming, he's now one of the most looked at people in this space. Him, Myers Leonard, even Devin Booker, even though Devin Booker is, you know, very known in NBA more than some other uh, NBA players. This is a great opportunity for some of the NBA players who don't get as much shine in, in the, the regular season to build their brands up. And especially for those who've already been in the scene, it's an opportunity for you to bring over some of the bigger stars in the leagues and get them into the gaming side if they're interested. So there is opportunity. And also, you know, people are noticing. I, I've been noticing some athletes that I never watched before or I didn't know before. And now, like, I know who they are because they are so active in terms of streaming, so active in terms of these races and also putting out content. Like there's one um, uh, uh, iRacing uh, pro player who his family's been filming him and posting that on social media as he's actually racing. And it's funny because then you hear him cursing in the background. And it's like this is something that it gives you behind the scenes on how he actually engaged in the car when he's racing because you don't get to hear that. So these little cool things that people can do that you don't have to be the biggest pro player or the most known pro player to really step it up in terms of your brand in this space. Yeah, I think like the, with the Phoenix Suns with NBA 2K, I think the backup point guard stepped up and played a game or two or something like that. So like these are opportunities for people to literally step up, build your brand while representing your team as a player, right? So you, you've got I don't know I, I think it's and you're doing both at the same time, and it's it's, it's a huge opportunity. So that that comes to mind too. Um, so all right, so Chris answered his question from earlier. So Chris is going to visit his barber, get a haircut, and get his beard trimmed. That and jump on a plane and head out to hang with some orgs. He was usually working with for steak and beers with fist bumps and hugs for days. So <laughs> that's, a, that's what Chris is going to do. Uh, very cool. All right. Well, last last minute questions. If you have another one, uh, go ahead and post it. Um, really appreciate you guys jumping in. These has been really good questions. I think it's been a really good conversation. Uh, Aaron, thank you for jumping on and talking about, you know, what you're doing, how you've transitioned. I appreciate you sharing that as to what you're doing over the next few weeks, um, who you'll be interviewing. So I know everyone's going to be tuning into that. What, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you um, and also engage with you on social as far as being able to follow these interviews? Uh, <clears throat> you Okay, so Twitter, Instagram, it's at Aaron A. Simon, E-R-I-N, the letter A-S-I-M as in mother, O-N as in Nancy. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Aaron Ashley Simon. Engage me there. 
you can email me uh, via the contact section on my website, www.aaronasimon. Honestly, if you any social media platform that you can find me on, uh, I answer pretty much almost uh, pretty much almost every DM. I try to respond to every tweet as much as possible. Uh, you can find me on all of those platforms, to be honest. Um, and uh, I'm open to just, you know, chatting, engaging. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Aaron A. Simon as well. Uh, right now, I'm just I'm just down to interact with the community. Um, I'm going to be putting more content. So you can find a lot of the content on those platforms. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it's funny, though, because everything that I'm doing right now, I've been doing. It's just like I'm just doing more of it, which is cool for me to do because now I can, like, focus on just putting out like content for myself and, instead of just, you know, uh, just for Cheddar Esports. Well, and you mentioned that too, because people's availability has went up. That people may, that may have not been available, now they're available. Yeah, I've been getting so many phone calls and emails and messages. <laughs> I've never had so many phone calls in just this short amount of time than I have in like a six month period. Like literally everyone's like, our clients are available. What can we do? I'm like, uh, let me figure it out. Like literally the first two days, I'm like, uh, let me figure it out and get back to you. <laughs> but it, it's all coming together now. Yeah, somebody, uh, somebody reached out to me like last. But yeah, don't you have that podcast or something that we can jump on? <laughs> you know, so the people that are not as available a couple weeks ago are a little more available now. So that's kind of how things work. So, uh, well, hey, I appreciate you guys being here. This was a lot of fun. Um, whether you've, you're watching on LinkedIn, YouTube, and this is also a podcast to be released next week. Uh, if you just listen to the audio, so, uh, and I appreciate being here. Thanks for sharing everything. Um, and again, I just want to say you're a leader in the space. Thank you for the content you put out because so many people look to you as a leader. So I just appreciate what you do. And thank you so much for having a, a platform like this that allows us to, um, discuss our experiences, discuss what's going on in the industry and just, be ourselves. I think that's so, so important. Just having these platforms where everyone can be comfortable being themselves and talking about even some of these hard topics. So I really appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, no problem. Ultimately just want to be able to, for people to come on and share stories. That's really what I want to do. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Bubba, appreciate it, man. Uh, the literacy of everyone outside esports is going to grow. Tyler says, let's bring more literacy to the industry. And Dalton says, great show today. So appreciate you guys. We're going to call it quits. We're up against the clock. Um, Aaron's very busy <laughs> with some things coming up. So we'll let her, let her get, get, get to work. So appreciate, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you all so much. And uh, you'll be seeing more of us uh, throughout the week. All right. Bye, guys. See ya. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Just want to thank everyone who has done a five-star rating or review. If you enjoy the content, this is a way to get the word out about the Level Up experience, and I really do appreciate it. A couple things, if you want to get connected uh, outside of the podcast, um, we do a live stream on YouTube and LinkedIn. So just search Level Up Experience on YouTube uh, to be a part of the live stream there. We also do LinkedIn Live, as mentioned. Search my name, Chris Reed, C R I S. R-E-E-D to get notifications on either platform. Thank you all for all the support and we'll see you on the next episode.